Welcome to the Grow Strong Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I interview business leaders who are committed to their own growth and the development of everyone on their team. If you enjoy my podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of my podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I am the heart-centered connector. Effective communication is at the heart of every connection I make, and it has to be the heart of every workplace in order for people to thrive. And that's why my company, Grow Strong Leaders, sponsors this podcast. We are on fire about getting our exceptional books and tools into the hands of millions of people in the workplace. And you can learn more at growstrongleaders.com. And today I am especially excited to welcome as my guest, Janice Porter, because she shares so many of my same values and interests. In fact, one of her core interests is relationship building. So Janice, welcome to my show. Thank you so much, Meredith. It's been a long time coming and I'm really excited to be on the show today. Well, I am too, because I always just thrive when I'm able to have a conversation with someone like you who is just all about relationships. So let me just tell my audience a little bit about you before we dive in. Janice is passionate about helping people build their businesses through relationship marketing and networking. And she uses both online and offline strategies. And LinkedIn training is a huge part of her business because she has found that that is the platform for attracting new clients, strategic partners, and referrals. And one of the things, Janice, I love about you so much is your focus on serving and giving first, because we discovered that the very first time we talked, that we were both eager to say, how can I help you? And that is such a beautiful spirit that you you bring to this conversation and to everything that you do. And I want to just add, Janice is the host of the Relationships Rule podcast, where she interviews people who also share her passion for building strong relationships. It's a wonderful podcast. I've had the opportunity to be a guest, and I highly recommend that you subscribe to her show. You will learn a lot if working on relationships is important to you. So Janice, you and I had similar backgrounds in the start of our careers which we discovered in an earlier conversation. So I would love for you to just help my listeners understand how did you go from teaching elementary school to being an expert who focuses on relationships? Wow. First of all, thank you for the kind introduction. And and, uh, you really are a relationship, a heart person. And I love that about you. Um, It's a long journey, actually. But you know, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher from the time I was in school myself. And I did accomplish that. And I did become a teacher and I loved it. But there was a lot of things I didn't like about it. And the bureaucracy around it, the politics and so on. I always loved teaching children. But there was there were things that didn't make me feel good. So when I left to uh, have a baby, I didn't think I was coming back, actually, the first time, but then I did have to come back 
for personal reasons a few years later. And then that's when I really got into teaching. Once I'd become a parent, by the way, that made a huge difference to me as a teacher. And so anyway, that all crept back again. And I eventually left teaching and became a corporate trainer for several years. And that was the same. I was still teaching, but I didn't have the bureaucracy. I had more um, uh, control over when I worked so that I now had two children and I um, could deal with um, that part of my life uh, and be more in control. But uh, as with so many people, I got kind of dropped off the face of the earth in the early 2000s. And as a contractor, they didn't want contractors anymore. And so I had to reinvent myself. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And I um, didn't, I knew I didn't want a job. So I started to um, look into how could I do something for myself? But having been a teacher, which you may understand, I think as well, I didn't know anything about business. I was a teacher, right? So um, I did a lot of things that I made mistakes by doing. And I tried this and I tried that, but I didn't really know what I was doing. However, at the heart of everything I did was connecting with people, networking, learning about how to get my name out there. And that was natural to me. That was like really easy and fun. I loved working a room at the Chamber of Commerce networking event. I knew how to make sure people knew I was there. It was just one of those things. I don't know. Anyway, um, that turned into I became a professional organizer for a little bit, but then I also was teaching networking and I started to do that kind of thing. Anyway, long story, but I, I uh, eventually part of my work is in the network marketing industry because I actually love that model. And so I got into that. I finally found a home that fit with me and I then fell into LinkedIn training because When it was shown to me, taught to me, I realized, oh, my goodness, a light went on. I can teach this. So now I can be back into the teaching world that I love, but in a different way. So it's been trial and error uh, along the way, but long story. And here I am. (laughs) No, it's, it's just amazing the parallels that we've had along the way. And it's true, no matter where you settle in business, if you are an entrepreneur running your own business, there is trial and error, and there is discovery, experimenting, and finally settling in. And it's just such a natural for you to think about who can I connect this person to? Who ought to know that person? And before we get into some of the specific strategies that you teach like with LinkedIn, with the um, relationship nurturing, let's define what do you mean by relationship marketing? Break that down for us. Okay. And that's great that you asked that question because that is at the heart of everything. So when most people think of relationship marketing, I think they hear the word marketing and they think, oh, well, it's about, you know, um, strategies around marketing to people and it's all about me and I want to get my things out there. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as it's a way to show people uh, that you care. It's about the relationship side of it. So that 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle, which you can apply to so many things, in this instance, I always say 20, uh, 80% relationship, think 20% marketing. So what does that look like? Well, 
for me, it looks like always saying thank you, always showing that you care, always. And I think the key, especially when nurturing relationships along the way, it's, it's sending those unexpected, doing those unexpected things. People don't expect to get a, um, a note from you because you saw something on Facebook, let's say that they were celebrating and, and it wasn't a birthday and it wasn't an anniversary. Maybe they got a new puppy or maybe they had a new grandchild. And so you captured that, put it on a card and sent it to them to celebrate for with them, for them, whatever. And it was a surprise that they got it and it touches them in the heart. That's what I'm all about. That's what relationship marketing is about. It's about building that relationship so that you know, that no like, and trust piece that we all want to do business with those kinds of people. It all kind of works around together. Mm-hmm. I hope that answers the question. Oh, I get. It does. It's great. And it leads me to get into some of the, spe- the specifics around LinkedIn, because we think of that as a business platform, right? There's th- you don't show puppy pictures. On LinkedIn, <laughs> That's right. That's right? right. It's not part of the etiquette there. And so and yet you gravitated to it. So it has it connected with you in a way where this business part and the relationship building part naturally fit together. So I was thinking about some of the areas where people struggle on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. One of them is their profile. You know, what should I put in my profile, especially that about section. And I know that's an area you specialize in when you work with clients. What are a couple of key things that you might share with my audience who might need to refresh their LinkedIn profiles, and especially that area that has just a couple of sentences or lines that show, and then the reader has to click more to get the details. What do you recommend for those opening sentences and then for the whole section? So that's a great question. And and of course, that is the heart of somebody's LinkedIn profile. And I'll just expand a little bit to get to that in in sharing with you that I see there's, I call them the four H's on your LinkedIn profile that you need to look at. And the first one is what we call the header or the banner photo. Use that wisely. The second one is your headshot. Make sure it's you know professional looking and fits with what kind of work you do and so on, and has certain parameters around it. The third one is your headline, which is the piece directly under your name. And the fourth one is what I call the hook. And the hook is the beginning of your about section. So you're, you were very right in saying, yes, you can't see more than one or two sentences. In fact, it's less than that on, on a mobile device, but it's a couple of sentences on a desktop or, or um, laptop. Um, so what should you put there? Well, you want to make the people curious enough to press that see more button. And I, I will also preface it by saying that I believe that your uh, about section needs to be in first person and it's your narrative, but you're speaking, especially if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, you're speaking to your target audiences. So where you may start with something that um, is about you, like, for example, uh, I'll give you an example that my daughter uses, which I love. She says, and I didn't write it. She did. She's the writer in the family, but she said, who would have thought that a degree in theater and English would lead to um, 
a thousand careers or something like that. It's something I can't remember exactly right now. And then her next sentence is, well, maybe not a thousand careers, but blah, blah, blah. And it's a hook. It's like, oh, well, what did she do? What has she done? Who is she? Right. So it's um, add a little curiosity, show your sense of humor or show your, you know, your spirit around who you are in that mindset, something about I'm all about relationships and um, exceeding people's expectations or something like that. I think I could do better. We can always do better. We can always improve. And we probably should um, refresh at um, certain times, you know, when it's time to um, shape things up a little bit. But that is an important piece of your profile as the about section, as is building on that as you go through. I have a formula that I use with my clients. And what I love to do, if I may, um, is that's the section when I'm working with them. In fact, I have a client that I'm going to be working with after our call. And I'm excited because I don't really know him. He was a referral. We've decided to work together. And what I'm excited about is I get to brainstorm with him and pull out of him the pieces that will build that about section and show people the right people, the people that he's targeting to work with, how he can help them, what he can do to support them. So I love that because that's the challenge piece on the, on the profile to make Mm -hmm. people shine. Right. Mm -hmm. But in a way that works. So when somebody comes to your profile and they check it out um, or, you know, they use some kind of automated tool (laughs) to search and they, they send you an invitation You know, Mm -hmm. I think many of us, I know I have been inundated with invitations and I know that you've got recommendations on what to look for Mm -hmm. to determine, is this somebody I should accept or not? I have a bunch sitting there waiting, Janice. So I've been waiting for this conversation to determine, all right, do I accept or not? Because here's the dilemma. Too often when I accept I then receive a sales pitch. And so, you know, I am not the only one I'm sure who's gun shy around accepting, hoping this one will be different. And in fact, it isn't. So tell us some of the criteria you recommend using to evaluate these requests. I think be honest, you know, because sometimes what happens is, okay, you get the request, I don't ever just connect, accept, accept, accept. I never do that. I always go and look at the person's profile first. So I'm assuming that, and we should never assume, but I'm assuming that if they've reached out to me, that they are probably active on LinkedIn. But again, if, as you um, mentioned, it's a third-party tool that or person that's doing it for them, that may not necessarily be the case. So it's good to look at their profile and look at, first of all, the what I call above the fold, the first impression, which is that header, that headline, and that headshot. That's the first thing you see. So are you impressed with what you see? Do they even have a photo? Do they have a backdrop on there? Um, And what's their headline? You know, what does that tell you right away? Is it someone that you might be interested in looking at collaborating with or finding more out about or whatever. First gut feeling, that's the first thing for me. And secondly, 
looking to see if there's any people that you have in common. So you can see the common connections. And also if you feel like you have anything in common with them at all, you know, because if you don't, like I've had people reach out to me that are in industries that why are they reaching out to me? Like, I don't understand. So sometimes I'll be curious and I will accept, but I will say, you know, thanks. I I will always give them, first of all, now back up a second. If that connection request has a personal note attached to it, I am hundred times more likely to go and look than if there's nothing. Okay. That's the first thing. So, because when I reach out to people, I always add a personal note. Yeah. Right. So um, if there's nothing, I'm, I'm more likely to be suspicious, but if there is a personal note, I'll take a look. And then if I decide to accept, it is a crapshoot in most cases, but if I decide to accept, then I will say, you know, I am curious what made you reach out to me. Is there something in particular I can help you with? or something that will force them to reply if they're paying attention, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes I've actually, I don't know, sometimes I've been so fed up with ones that seem like a third party or robot or something that I will say, is this really a person? (laughs) I've done that. And that person has come back to me and said, hey, I'm sorry if it sounds like it isn't me, but it was me. And that started a conversation. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, some things to be alerted about. Um, However, you can also say, you know, I'm curious to connect, you know, to accept your connection request and see where it goes. But please don't pitch me. Why not be honest? Yeah, I love that. Just being very straightforward with someone. And I agree with you. If someone doesn't take the time to send a personalized message and I, I don't care for the generic ones that say, well, we have a few connections in common when we have over a hundred. I mean, there's just certain things that trigger, oh, this is automation. You really look at my profile, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I think that those are excellent suggestions. Thank you. Now, here's the other challenge that I think more and more of us are facing these days. When we have people we've been connected to for a while, let's say. And with so many pitches that are being thrown out, filling up people's inboxes, what do you recommend as some genuine, you know, real ways of starting a conversation with someone that you would like to have a relationship with? I have, I'm thinking right now, I probably have hundreds of people who I've been connected with for a while. I would really like to get to know them better but I have been wondering what is a way to approach them that will not cause them to ignore it or say, oh, well, here we go again, because I'm, I'm like you, I love being of service. Um, and so how, what, what are some ways that you might suggest? These are your first level connections that you haven't right. actually had a conversation with for a long time. Right. Or never had a conversation with you. Know, oh, really? That yeah. I've never had a, a, a phone call or a Zoom call with them, but we may have just had a brief interaction when we first got connected. So I, I 
One of the things that I like to do, and again, it, it, these things, because they're relationship building type of exercises, and because I want to do it myself, it takes a long time because you can only do so many at a time, right? So one of the things that I've taken to um, uh, doing is having people um, export their existing first level connections, which you can export on a CSV file, all your first level connections. I don't know if you're, if you know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, and they could be in the thousands. So you have to kind of think about, well, now what do I do with it? Because you want to track the people that you want to then start this conversation with. So take that list and then um, um, look at, go through it once and maybe have three criteria, you know, like, um, uh, I just did this. I just wrote this down the other day. Now I can't remember what I did. Um, but it was like, you know, want to reconnect, uh, or like count them a one, two or a three and based on the criteria that you want, and then take your ones and start reconnecting or connecting and, and be honest again here by saying, you know, Hey, we've been connected since 2016. And guess what? I realized we haven't really spoken. I'm on a mission this year. I would like to, you know, connect with my first level connections and find out more. That's one way to do it, more generic. Another way might be to, and by the way, when I'm looking at those people that I choose to do that with, I'm always going to look at their profile to find something that I can ask them about. So they know I've looked at their profile. It may not be up to date, but you can, you know, hope that it is and say, I see that you volunteer with SPCA. You know, that's something I've been thinking of doing. I love animals, blah, blah, blah. It could be like that, a more personal type of thing that they can see you've paid attention. The other thing you can do is say, you know, 2022 is my year for um, A, B, and C. And one of the things I'd really appreciate is if you would be open to answering three distinct questions for me to help me with my work going forward. And so now you're making it work related. And so maybe you make it simple, you know, don't make it hard for them, make them be able to just respond. Um, but it's private. And maybe in return, you send them something of value. Ask them though, in the first message. Don't do it in the first message. Uh See how that works. You know, there's different methods you can use, different strategies you can use. Those are all wonderful, Janice. I love the specificity. You are such a wonderful teacher. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so natural for you because it's such a logical flow and really valuable. And one of the things I guess I would love to emphasize with my my audience, as I've been listening to you, is it's not about numbers. It's about quality. Because you can, taking the approach that you're recommending, which I wholeheartedly agree with, you can't automate that. You can't cover so many people because you're going to need to follow up after that. And so, you know, managing that many people is is really... um, something I think we have to have a shift in our thinking about. It's not about the volume or the numbers. It's about the quality and the match, really, because it's all about chemistry, isn't it? When you talk about relationships. Yes, of course. And so, you know, I, I look at people that, that focus 
a lot on the content and content on whatever their blog or on LinkedIn or whatever. And I wish that I could be, I wish that the content flowed more easily from me, but the conversations are what flow more easily from me. And so for me, it's always about um, content is good. Content is more passive. Content is people follow you. People have a look at what you have to say, which is why I do my podcast, which is what I like about doing the podcast. I get to do the talking and and the listening, not writing, And people can follow, right, and find you that way. Um, But for me, it's really all about talking to people. So sometimes, you know, I've been known to go to somebody's LinkedIn profile. And actually, if there's a phone number there, pick up the phone and call them. And I've been surprised at the number of people that actually pick up the phone and answer. But that's kind of fun to do once in a while, too, right? Just because I don't know, because then I can talk. And of course, if they do answer, and I'm a total stranger, and I always, you know, after I introduce myself, is this an okay time for like a couple of minutes to talk? I always ask them that. But yes, you know, you never know where things lead. And for me, it's, you know, my podcast in the last six months has actually brought me so many interesting people that I want to stay connected with that. I love it. You're one of them. I mean, it's just been amazing. You know, we, and we have, I, I don't know, I talk to somebody and they know you and then there's other people we have in common. So, you know, it's a, it's one of those becomes a trusted relationship. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so being able to recommend guests to each other, and there's just so many good things that come from creating these kinds of relationships. I love everything you've said. Let me, let's talk about now about the part where you're nurturing a relationship. Once you've established a connection with someone, you have really become a strong advocate of the send out cards um, product program. And I would love for you to explain a little bit about that. Some of my audience may be familiar with it, but many may not. So tell us what that is and why you love using those cards so much. Thank you. Um, so Send Out Cards is a, is a network marketing company, an affiliate program, if you will. It's kind of changed over the years and it's now we call ourselves affiliate program. And I've been affiliated with them for 14 years now. And it's it's had its changes along the way. It's now, um, but what it gent, what it is, it's part of now of a bigger um, offering called Greener Still. So there's more opportunities and uh, more products under the umbrella of Greener Greener Still. But and they're all about relationships, relationship with self, relationship with others, and relationships in business. And so there's products and services for each of those things. But the core product, which is the one at my heart, is Send Out Cards. And Send Out Cards is about relationships with others, whether they are personal or in business. And essentially what it is, is an online greeting card and gifting system, program, whatever you want to call it, that allows you to go to your phone app or to your computer, pull up a card, put in someone's address, press, write them a message, add a photo if you want, brand the back of the card if you want, press send, and the company prints, stuffs, and stamps it and sends it out. 
through the postal service. And you can do that one at a time. You can send one Christmas card to thousand people at the same time with one press of the button. And you can even have now cards created and send, let's say you want to have a personalized right on it. Thank you note that you sent it to everybody that's on your podcast, but you want to do it yourself. You can have those cards sent to you now with envelopes, and now you can actually do them yourself. That's not the heart of send out cards, but it is an offer, an offer that we now have. So it's basically what our founder, Cody Bateman, says is, an, is making it easy for you to act on your promptings. And that's those heartfelt, unexpected cards that I talked about earlier. You have an opportunity to say, oh, my goodness, I was thinking about you today. Go and write a card, send it to that person. Um, There's so many uses, there's so many ways to use the system. But again, the heart of it is those unexpected, heartfelt, what we call prompting cards. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I was just thinking whether somebody wants to use that system or send out a handwritten note, which I believe really makes you stand out these days. There are so few people that take the time to send a handwritten note. I'm always touched when I get one. Um, What are some of the types of occasions other than the standard ones that you would suggest people consider? Because you've been doing this now for so long, you've probably discovered there are some really cool opportunities to send these unexpected notes or cards to people. So talk about some of those. Okay, but first I want to just clarify that what you just said, if you don't mind, about getting a handwritten note and um, and how people don't do that. They don't even do the send out cards versions of that. 3% of your mail that you get ever in your mailbox might be cards. Okay, the rest is like junk mail now, or maybe bills if you have paper versions, which I do for some of them still. And um, the rest is, you know... And of all the mail that you receive, cards in envelopes are the ones that are 100% open, mm-hmm. right? Quite often, we don't open anything else. So even if it's not the handwritten card that you've gone to the store to buy, that you've written, that you put the stamp on, that you've taken time to go to the, po- to the mailbox and mailed it, the cards that are sent with send out cards are personalized because it's your thought, it's your message that's in there. It's showing that you care. And that to me is more important. And if it's faster and easier to do it by using send out cards, then by all means do it because otherwise it's never going to happen. I used to remember after I was on your show and I just got a lovely card from you. It was one of the, it was a send out card, but the cover was customized. Your message was clearly from you and it, it really touched me. And so it didn't matter that it wasn't your exact handwriting. So I guess people have different reactions or responses to one approach. And I can put, it had my signature in it because I have my own signature in there. I also have my own font, but I don't always use it because we have so many cool fonts that we can choose from. So there you go. But it's when, um, okay. So I am just gonna, uh, quickly bring this up because, uh, it's a message I got the other day. Um, 
There it is. Okay. Um, and this is the actual epitome of, of epitome. That's the wrong. Yeah. Is that example of what it means to me when I send someone a card? So this person said, I sent, I had a first zoom call conversation. We'd met on a networking group. Okay. And I, I will answer your question. I just want to, here's, she got a card from me. And it's, she said, I cannot tell you the warmth my heart felt when I opened my card. Thank you so much. And then she wants information about it, which is awesome. But, um, but basically, we had just had a Zoom call, first time conversation. I took a screenshot of us and I put her picture on the front of the card. And then on the inside was the screenshot with both of us on it with the date. And then I wrote her a message and it touched her because she wasn't expecting it. Okay, so here's some examples of of how you and that fills my heart when that gets a reaction. Okay, so going back to relationship marketing and 80% of it being relationship based, um, think um, that your cards that you send out are sending out to give, not to get right? You just send them out. And, you know, the law of reciprocity works in great ways. So, you know, just don't even think about what you're, what you're, why you're sending it out, just send it out to give. So here's an example found this may be past Valentine's day when this airs, but I'll say it anyway, because it's a perfect example um, that we don't think of Valentine's day as a time to thank our clients, to show, show them some love. And so that's a perfect time to then to do that. That's a holiday that isn't huge in Hallmark's, you know, um, business. Um, so it's like, okay, here's an example where I can just say, I love Valentine's Day and I love my clients. Thank you for being so special, right? That's one thing. Another thing is on my hundredth episode of my podcast, I did a special card with pictures of all the people that have been on my podcast and I sent it to all of them, thanking them for helping me get that far. That was allowing me to build relationship with the people that have been on my podcast, some of whom I didn't really know. Right. So things like that, um, pick a crazy holiday. Like there was just national coffee, uh, national coffee date day or something like that. You know, there's oodles of, um, quirky holidays that you can use as excuses. But the best is if you're on Facebook or you're on Instagram, you can't copy photos from Instagram, but you could take a screenshot and you see something that people are celebrating in their life, help them celebrate it, send them a picture and, and a card. And I'll give you one more because I know you like me, you're a grandma. I am doing a special album for my granddaughter of all the pictures that we get posted on our phones of my granddaughter, my, my granddaughter or my daughter posts, you know, lots of different pictures. I am sending myself those pictures on cards, on postcards, actually. And um, like this. Oh. And I'm putting them in an album for her. And I'm going to give them to her on her birthday because she's so she's two and a half. She's used to seeing her pictures on phones all the all the time. She never gets to see the real pictures. So I'm doing an album and that's kind of fun. So I just send cards to myself with those pictures on them and they're going in the album. Easy people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what you're talking about. And I just love the 
passion you have for this, Janice. It comes, you know, just mm-hmm. comes across so beautifully. Um, this this whole idea of surprising people and showing that you care, because everybody is so busy these days. To mm-hmm. know what what a card communicates is, I took time for you. Exactly. You know, and that that carries so much power. Are you on the Facebook? whole aspect of relationship building? Are you on Facebook? Yes. So what I often will do is if I'm scrolling Facebook and trying not to get down the rabbit hole too far because I'm supposed to be doing something in business, <laughs> I'll save the posts that I want that have the pictures. And then that night I will go with my iPad and I'll look at those posts. I'll save the picture, go to my phone, to my app for send out cards put that picture on the front of a card and send it to somebody mm-hmm. to that person. And so I can do four or five of them at once. I'm all about those cards and um, making somebody feel special. I actually got a message the other day. I'd done that with a fellow that I knew and I hadn't talked to him for a couple of years because of COVID and everything. And, and he sent me a message. He said, you know, my wife was just asking me today if I had talked to you And I go to the mail and there's a card from you. That's karma, right? That's what happens. So, yeah. That's great. Well, I know we are running out of time. It's hard to believe how much, how time has flown. What are one or two other tips that we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about that you would say these are really important when you think about building relationships with other people? I think what's really important is to listen and to pay attention and make it about them. You know, whether you're starting a first conversation or restarting a conversation with someone you haven't talked to for a long time, they, you know, I find that if they ask me about me, I just turn it right back to them. I let them talk because when they're finished, they may not know anything more about you but they feel like they've had a good conversation. Now you can follow it up, send them a card. And by the way, if it's new, I spoke to three people yesterday for the first time that were connected either on LinkedIn or had been referred for my podcast. And I did not get off any of those calls without getting their mailing address because it's a thing I, you know, it's, it's, it's comfortable for me to do that. And they all give it to me. And so I follow up with a card hopefully with a picture of them on it, because by the way, if the picture of them is on the card on the front, they're not going to throw it away. It stays a lot longer on their desk than one that has, you know, your picture on the front, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think that one of the things I would say is that in business, especially in sales and, and, um, uh, you know, where you're dealing with um, outside influences like you know like your customers your prospects doesn't hurt to you know show some respect or show some love in brackets um before you've got the deal or maybe you didn't get the deal and you send them a card and you say thanks for giving me the opportunity to um ask for your business keep us in mind maybe next time or something like that mm-hmm. boy who does that nobody right oh those Okay, Janice, this has just been pure gold. 
Thank you for sharing so freely your experiences, wisdom, and insights, because you really are such a super, super connector, super relationship builder. It's it's truly one of your superpowers. And I'm so glad I had the chance to share you with my audience and have them benefit from all the things you've tried, you've learned, and now you teach to others. So thank you for being such an exceptional teacher, because I love the fact that you have that thread throughout your entire career, your entire life. So thank you for being who you are. Oh, that's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, if I may, I would just, I would like to leave your uh, audience with an opportunity to um, test the waters, if you will, if they want sure. to. Do that. Sure, yes, please let them know how to do that and how to connect with you also. Well, of course, anybody can come on to LinkedIn and I'm easy to find. It's LinkedIn, you know, dot com dot in Janice Porter and or forward slash um, Janice Porter and um, and let them know that let me know that they heard me on your podcast. That would be fun. I also have a free download on my website, JanicePorter.com with a checklist uh, around doing your LinkedIn profile. But more importantly, I would love people to have a chance to send a free card on me if they want to test that system. And I'm sure you can put it in the show notes, but basically they're going to go to sendoutcards.com forward slash Janice Porter and hit send a free card and, and do that. And it'll give them the chance to send a card to someone they care about. Oh, excellent. Yes. And we'll be sure and add that on your show notes page. So thank you for that generous offer. That's a great way for somebody to test the waters. Well, thank you again, Janice. This has been so much fun and so informative and valuable. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com and check out our two books, Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple. While you're there, download the free facilitator guide to find out how to implement our unique peer coaching system. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell.